as I've been gone, I, uh, I've been praying for you guys. Uh, and just praying for the church. I don't know if you guys have felt it this summer, just in your own personal lives, but I think about your faces and I pray and, and, uh, and I don't, I don't know if you, you hear that and go, oh, okay, that's, that's cute. That's, that's nice. Or, or if you, or if you, if there's any comfort in that, um, and, and if there's any, uh, I, I was thinking about this the other day, I, I really believe that it's more powerful for me to pray for you than it is for even me to speak to you, um, to beg God on your behalf. Uh, do you believe that? You know, when you think of me, do you just think, okay, I hope he'll come and speak for me or speak to me? Or is there a side of you that gets more excited about knowing that I pray for you? Um, do you believe in prayer that much? Do you believe that something supernatural happens when when we pray for one another? And and uh, and it's so encouraging to me when I hear that you're praying for me, we're praying for each other. One of the things I've been praying for you, though, is, uh, you, you know, summer can become such a time of self-indulgence, right? Summer is kind of the time where it's vacation, it's my time, and we want to entertain ourselves and try to find these different ways to just... Just have fun, and and that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. God gave us all these things to enjoy. But one of my prayers is that even as we're going out and enjoying all these things, that there's this other side of us that almost um, gets bored of that and where we want more and say, well, that was fun, but I want more. I, I want something deeper, kind of like Solomon, King Solomon. Remember when he's like, okay, I'm just going to get all the money in the world, you know, and then I'm going to have all the pleasure in the world, and I'm going to have all the power in the world, and he gets all of this stuff, and then at the end, he's just this emptiness, like, uh, still not happy, <laughs> you know. I, I, it's all about God. It's all about wanting and longing for something more. I mean, pray that, you, that you're fulfilled in all these different areas in life, but at the end that you walk away somewhat empty and going, you know what, I want something supernatural. I, I just, I want more. I want God. I, I just want to experience God. I want to experience his power. And uh, it's, it's, it's kind of like uh, one of our guys that was off in India, one of the members of our church, uh, Bayrak, went off to India for a few weeks. And uh, Bayrak, he was dating another gal in our church, Allison. And uh, he, he went off to India for several weeks. And he was one of the guys that came back and said, wow, now I know what you're talking about. I've never seen anything like that. Blown away. But on the way back, okay, while he's in India, he decides, I'm going to get engaged. I, I, I want to marry Allison. And so he, you know, figures out a way to get a ring and everything ready. So when he gets back, he's going to get engaged to her. Well, on the way back, the flight got all messed up. And, uh, and he just had this short window where he's going to see her because they live in different places and, you know, to get engaged. And, uh, he's just going nuts, right? Just thinking, man, I gotta get home. I've been away for weeks and I'm going home. I gotta get engaged. And, and, uh, so, you know, he's on, I think it was Continental Air and, and, and they were very good to him. And he, he made the statement. He goes, they, they put, they put me up in a five star hotel. Just absolutely beautiful. They apologized profusely, but this hotel was one of the nicest place I ever been to. He goes, but I felt like I was in prison because I wanted to be with Allison. Aww, right? All the ladies are like, aww. Guys are like, okay, well, <laughs> whatever. But but you know, it's it's just. But but when he said that to me, I'm like, wow, what a great statement. And then things worked out. He ended up flying up, and we had a big engagement party and stuff. But. 
when he told me that at the engagement party, he goes, man, I was in this five-star hotel. He goes, but I felt like a prisoner because I just wanted to be with Allison. I didn't care about all this stuff. I didn't even care how the room looked. I felt like I was in a prison. And, that, and when he said that, I thought, I pray that we feel that way. I, I pray that, you know, because our, our lives are pretty good down here, okay? Southern California, Simi Valley, things are pretty good. But I, I pray that we have that type of heart where we go, you know what? I'm in this five-star resort down here, but I feel like I'm in, in prison because I want to be home with Jesus. It doesn't matter how good things are here. I, I don't even notice this. I feel like I'm a prisoner. Like, you know, like Paul was just saying, gosh, I just, I just want to be gone. I want to be with Jesus. You, are, are you feeling that? See, that's what I've been praying for you is that you're so in love with this person. You know, like, like Barak was, is like, I'm so in love with her and we're going to get engaged and we're going to get married and I, I just, I just want to be with her. I've been gone and so I don't care. I don't care what hotel you put me in. I'm just not happy here. I don't want to be here. I want to be with her. And in the same way, I've just been praying that our hearts would be that way with Jesus, that man, as, as good of a time as you've had this summer and as great as life may be going for you, that in your heart, you're just going, yeah, but I still feel like a prisoner down here. My heart longs for heaven. My heart longs for Jesus. I'm in love with him and nothing is going to be right until I see his face. Is that you to where he's going, Jesus, just come. Just come back today. Whether you're having a hard time this summer or you're having a great time this summer, I hope your heart is just going, it just doesn't really matter. I just love Jesus. I just want to be with him. Man, is that what it's all about? Because I don't ever want this to be about religion. I don't want this ever to be about, oh, we're the church that does all these good works. It's got to be about us just madly in love with Jesus. I mean, does that describe your heart at all this morning? Just feeling like I'm a prisoner down here. I've got to get to Jesus. Jesus, come. Come today. I'm in love with you. You see, the, the disciples, if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 14. The disciples, gosh, they were so in love with Jesus. It, it was just this crazy, crazy love relationship. And in John chapter 14, in John chapter 13, Jesus tells his disciples, I'm leaving now. Okay? And, and the disciples, man, they just, their hearts just broke. I mean, when Jesus says, I'm leaving, that killed them. Because Jesus explained that he's going to die. I mean, imagine, and some of you guys don't have to imagine because you've been through it, and I've been through it with you, where the person you love the most on the earth is dying. And you just, you just it, it just, it's the worst feeling. It's, it's just, it's, it's horrible. It's miserable. Okay, that's what these disciples are going through. They're just going, here's the person that we love the most, and he's telling us that he's leaving us. He's going to be gone. Jesus is going to be gone. And so they're, they're filled with grief. And then in John chapter 14, Jesus, he starts comforting them. He's coming alongside his disciples and he says in John chapter 14, verse 1, he goes, don't, don't let your hearts be troubled. He goes, man, I, I can see that you're stressed out. I can see you're sad. He goes, but don't let your hearts be troubled. He goes, trust me. Trust in God. Trust also in me. And he comforts them this way. He goes, in my father's house, there's many rooms, many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you I'm going there to prepare a place for you. 
And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. Okay, so Jesus comforts the disciples. He goes, okay, I'm leaving right now, but I'm going somewhere. I'm going to the Father. I'm going to prepare a place for you. See, it was an imagery that was pretty clear in their day because when a, a, a man and a woman got engaged, the man would go away and he would prepare a place for he and his future wife to live one day. So he'd go away for a while, which helped keep things pure too. You know, he'd go away for a while and he's, you know, getting the home ready, getting everything ready. Then he would come back, come back for his bride. And it's that same picture here. Jesus goes, I'm going, I am leaving, but you got to understand this is a good thing. Don't let your hearts be too sad. I know you guys are sad. You're bummed out, but you got to understand I'm preparing a place and I'm going to take you. We're going to be together. Okay, we're going to be together. Don't worry. It's just like Jesus says to us today. We're going to be together. Don't let your hearts be troubled. And uh, and then in verse 6 is that verse that we, we well, verse 5, Thomas says to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And then verse 6, Jesus answered, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So the disciples are like, well, how can we follow you to this place? How can we get there? We don't even know how to get there. And Jesus goes, I'm the way there. In fact, I'm the only way there. And no one's going to get to the Father except through me. He explains, you just keep following me and you'll get there. You just keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on what Jesus does on that cross for you. How he died for you. Jesus goes, "That's what. this is the way. You just keep following me. I'm going to die for you soon. He's telling his disciples, just keep your eyes on me. I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. I'll get you there. We're going to be together. So he keeps encouraging them. Then he encourages them with this in verse 12. Verse 12 of John 14, he says, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He'll do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name. So that the son may bring glory to the father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. So then Jesus tells his disciples, look, okay, not only are you going to come to be with me one day. He goes, but I'm going to the father and I will still hear you from up there. In fact, from up there, from me being with the father, you can ask me for anything in my name. Okay, and I'll do it. I'm there. I will hear your prayers. So he's comforting his disciples saying, "Okay, guys, don't be so freaked out. Don't be so sad. Don't be so stressed out. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to bring you there. In fact, in the meantime, you can still talk to me and I will hear you from heaven and I'll do whatever you ask in my name. And so the disciples are listening to this, but then he gives them the ultimate encouragement. In verse 16, this is the greatest comfort to them. He says, and I will ask the father and he'll give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Okay, so when he leaves the earth, he tells them this. He goes, okay, and here's the ultimate thing. I'm going, but I'm going to send someone else down. 
Okay, imagine being a disciple. Okay, are, are you try, try to picture yourself in that crowd. Yeah, I mean, you've been with Jesus for three and a half years. You've seen the miracles. You've fallen in love with him. You realize he's the son of God. And now he says, I'm leaving. And, and he encourages you going, man, you can pray to me. I'm coming back for you. He goes, but I'm going to send another counselor. Another counselor. And this word for another, there's, there's two different ways to... Uh, to, to you, you know, for us in English to, to say this, I'm totally confused. I'm like half asleep. I've been just everywhere. Sorry. Um, there are two, how do you say it? Two. Okay. Thank you. Okay. There are two. It can either mean, it can either mean another, like another in a sense of a different kind of counselor, or it can mean another that is just alike. Thank you. Whoever said two. Um, another of the same another that is just like me and in the greek what he is saying here is i'm sending you another that is just like me okay it's just as though i haven't gone i mean he's he's just he's the same kind he's not another like a different counselor he goes another one just like me is going to come another counselor and this word for counselor um john is the only one that uses this word as a noun it is, is this is verb in the, in the Greek, parakaleo, which, you know, where we get the word like paraclete, you know, someone that comes alongside. It's, 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 it's this picture of uh, um, to come alongside. It's a word we use to encourage as you encourage each other, you exhort each other. It's a picture I think I've shared before, like a coach, you know, coming alongside a marathon runner, you know, and he's running alongside going to either pick up the pace or, you know, slow down or you're doing great. You know, it, that that's the idea of someone coming alongside a counselor. See, the disciples have had Jesus all along, right? And Jesus is walking them, telling them what to do. Hey, do this, do that. Hey, you're, that's all wrong. Why are you guys fighting? You know, he's constantly with them and he goes, OK, I'm going to heaven, but I'm going to send someone down. It's going to be another counselor, okay? Another one just like me. You know, that's why in the old, it's, it's, it's so confusing, okay? I'm not going to pretend that I understand the Holy Spirit, okay? I understand things about the Holy Spirit, but to understand Him and to understand how, how can He be just like you? And how, how come in this passage Jesus says, you know, to Thomas, you know, look, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Was it Thomas or Philip? Um, Philip, okay, two. Okay, there, he says to Philip, you know, if, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Okay, wait, Jesus, so if I've seen you, I've seen the Father, like you guys are the same, but you're not? And then he says, and I'm going to send another counselor, another one that's just like me. And it's like, what, he's just like you? Wait, but there's one God, the Bible tells me that, and yet you, you talk about God the Father, and then you, you say that you're the Son of God, and that, that if we see you, that we've seen the Father, and then you talk about this other counselor that you're going to send down that's just like you. I don't get it. I mean, I, I believe it. I know that they're, they're, you know that this is true. And yet to say that I understand uh, this this God who exists as the Father and as the Son and as the Spirit and are separate and yet they they are one and that there is just one God. Uh, you know, we don't have time to dive into all the theology behind that. It's just, let's just all admit um, we don't get it completely. That there are things about God that 
the Bible says there are secret things that belong to the Lord, but then there's other things that are revealed that belong to us and to our children, and we need to focus on the things that are revealed, the things we know. And we're going to camp out and talk about the Holy Spirit for a couple of weeks, but I don't want to talk about the things that are questionable or the things that we may argue about. And sometimes we we try to figure out stuff that isn't revealed as clearly. There are so many things that are revealed about the Holy Spirit that we all agree on, and those are the things we need to dwell on and be blown away by. And sometimes we just think, ah, those things have gotten old. And it's like, man, don't let this stuff get old. I mean, he's saying he's sending another counselor who's going to be with us forever. But he says, you know him because he lives with you and will be in you. Okay, Jesus says it's going to be different. It's different. He goes, you know how I've been walking with you guys? He tells the disciples, we've been walking around for the last three and a half years. I've been showing you all this stuff. I'm doing miracles. He goes, now when the other counselor comes, he's actually not going to just walk alongside of you. He's going to come inside of your body. I am going to come inside of your human body. He will be inside of you. The Holy Spirit of God is actually going to come inside of your human body. Now, do you hear that and go, yeah, I know. I I learned that in Sunday school when I was a kid. Or do do you sit there and just, do you still marvel at that? I mean, I mean, honestly, I mean, do you just sit here and go, man, so I'm not up here by myself right now. Like right now as I'm talking, supernatural things are going on that I don't even get. Man, in the flesh, I'm tired, my head's in like 10 different places and it doesn't even matter. Because the spirit of the living God is inside this body. See, Jesus was telling his disciples, look, I'm going away, but don't worry. I'm sending another one to you. And and he's just like me, but it's different because he's actually going to be inside of you. So now, not only am I going away to prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back and take you to be with me wherever wherever I am. But you can talk to me while I'm up there with the Father and I'll do whatever you ask. And not only that, but I'm going to send another one just like me. As I go, I'm going to send him down and he's actually going to be inside of you. And so that's why later he goes, so you're going to be able to do even greater things than what you've been doing. You're going to do even greater things because now you've got me to pray to up in heaven, right there with the Father. I'll hear everything that you say. He goes, and I'm going to send another one just like me. And he's not just going to walk alongside of you. He's actually going to be inside of you. Pretty amazing stuff. You, you guys, we're, we're going to spend uh, these two weeks talking about the Holy Spirit. And I was so frustrated because I'm looking at all these verses the last couple of weeks going, there's no way I'm going to get through it all. There's no way. And, and so understand the goal in these two weeks is not to completely understand him because we can't first of all Um, but what I really want to do is I want us to internalize what we know because you guys think about it the first church the early church that was crazy wasn't it when you read in the book of Acts what the first church did I mean it was just nuts 
They just changed the world. But understand it was all by the power of the Holy Spirit. But secondly, understand it was not from them sitting in an upper room and doing a Bible study on the Holy Spirit. They didn't know, they didn't know squat about the Holy Spirit. They had no clue what the Holy Spirit was going to do. They just sat in that upper room and they prayed and they waited because Jesus told them to. And said, don't, don't leave yet. Just, just pray for the Holy Spirit. Wait for the Holy Spirit. Wait till He comes. Because when He comes, then you're going to have power. They didn't understand. Probably most of us in this room know more about the Holy Spirit than those early believers did. Our theology of the Holy Spirit is greater than theirs. So the success of that early church was not because they had so much knowledge of the Holy Spirit, but what they knew they truly internalized and they truly believed, and that's my prayer for us. I think it would be great, it would be great if all of you went to our college and took a course on Theology 1 and just understood everything you could about the Holy Spirit. I think that's a great and wonderful thing to do, and I hope you do it sometime. I I mean, I don't know of another church where you have an opportunity to actually just take college courses, you know, and and just just go and, and get this knowledge. I think that knowledge is great. But at the same time, and I do hope you do that, At the same time, my hunch is, is that most of you in this room know quite a bit about the Holy Spirit. But you haven't experienced him in a long time. My hunch is, is that many of you know about him, but you haven't been experiencing his power lately. And that you want more of that. And maybe some of you in this room, you feel like you're fighting for survival in your Christian life. You feel like you're, you're just holding on by a thread sometimes. Some of you, maybe you feel alone. Like... Gosh, I'm alone in this. I, I, am I going to pull this thing off? You guys, that's not how Jesus wanted us to feel. I mean, are you reading this passage? Jesus is telling his disciples, going, man, don't, don't get scared. I'm not leaving you alone. Okay? Jesus, his whole thing, I mean, when he, when you read this passage and do it, if you, if you have time this week, you do have time this week. So, so just do it. Read like John 14 all the way through 16. John 14 to 16, what he says, because I don't have time to go through it all, but it's so beautiful because he starts off with this peace. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. And then he ends at the end of chapter 16 with peace. And all the way through, he's going, man, I just want you to have peace. I want you to have peace. I want you to have peace. I don't want you to feel scared. I don't want you to feel alone. I don't want you to feel worried. I'm going to send my spirit down there. And he's going to be in you so you'll never be alone. Are you experiencing that? See, because I struggle. I struggle with stress. I struggle with stress. I mean, I just recently again, man, my heart started freaking out and doing that. You know, like, like just think, oh man, I'm getting stressed again. And every time I do it, it's because I take my eyes off the Holy Spirit. And, and I start thinking that I'm alone or something. And I start thinking like I have to do all this stuff by my own power. And you get freaked out. And the Bible's like, Jesus is saying, I don't want you to live that way. I don't want you to be scared. I, I mean, some of you guys are scared of whether or not you're really going to be able to live your life for Jesus, right? Sometimes you look at the rest of your life going, am I going to pull this off? Am I going to keep living for him? 
I mean, I feel so tempted sometimes. You, you go, man, and I get this persecution from people and, and I just feel like I'm by myself sometimes and you, and, and God doesn't want you to feel that way. We've been doing this study here, you know, while I've been gone on the, on the one another's, right? And you're hearing this week after week, you hear these messages like, oh yeah, I should love other people. I should walk in and actually care for the people around me. And, 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 uh, you know, and, and we're talking about, okay, Saturday nights, we're, we're actually in groups talking to people and praying for each other and doing all these one another's. And in your heart, you know, I mean, if, if some of you are honest, you're going, man, I, I don't really have a desire to do all that stuff. I don't even like to greet one another when you do the greeting time. Why don't we just text each other? You know, why, why don't we, you know, can we just do this? Can we do that? You know, and, and, and the, you know, you start reading all these commands in the Bible and, and how God wants us to live. And you're just like, oh, can I do that all? Can I really start loving people like that? And God's saying, you know what? I don't want you to be scared of all of this. I'm going to put my spirit in you to enable you to do those things. See, if you read in verse 23, and I love this, 3.23, I mean, I'm sorry, 14.23, John, just reminding them, they're not alone. Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he'll obey my teaching. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the father who sent me. So Jesus tells the disciples, he goes, okay, if you guys love me, Jesus is just saying, just love me. Just be in love with me. Just keep loving me. I'm going to be gone, but keep loving me. He goes, if you love me, you'll, you'll obey my teaching. He goes, and you know what's going to happen? Is, is, I love this phrase. He goes, my father will love you. God the father will love you. Okay, you just love us and we'll love you back. Okay, my father will love you. I will love you. And it says, and we will come and make our home with you. Will come to you. So, so right now, right now, God, 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 the one who made you, you know, you're breathing right now just because of Him. Okay? You're moving, you're, you're feeling everything all because of Him, the God who's making this universe, you know, spin around the sun and keeping us warm and keeping us alive somehow. That God says that, you know, just love me and I'll come down there and I'll live with you. I'll make my home with you. What a great phrase. I'm gonna make my home with you. Jesus is, yeah, and I'm, the Father's going to come, I'm going to come, we're going to make our home with you. I'm not alone. I'm not alone on this stage. Okay, so I've got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit making their home with me. What am I freaked out about? What am I scared of? I've got to remember these promises, I've got to claim these promises that I'm not alone, you're not alone. And then in verse 25, he says, All this I've spoken while with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things. He'll remind you of everything I said. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I don't give to you like the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. And don't be afraid. He says it again. He goes, man, I'm going to send the counselor. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he'll teach you everything. He's going to remind you. And that's so good. It's so good to know, you know, because sometimes I'm like, man, are they going to remember what I said last week? Are they going to remember any of it? And he goes, don't worry. Why do you think like you're going to do it all? You know, he will teach them everything. He will remind us of everything. 
Just remember, it's him doing it. That's why he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be stressed out. He says, don't be afraid. Don't be scared. You've got the living God inside of you. What are you scared of? What are you stressed out about? Is is the world going to come to an end without you? You know, I mean, does God really need your help? Everything's going to be fine. And God's spirit is in you. In, In John 15, verse 26, he says, When the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. So I don't have to feel like I got I got to get these people to believe in Jesus. The Bible says the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to testify. Okay, probably the most fascinating thing, though, and I'll close with this, is, is John 16. Look at John 16. This is the most fascinating encouragement is John 16, verse seven. But I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When Jesus says it's to your advantage, it's for your good that I'm leaving. He goes, because in order for the Holy Spirit to come, I've got to go. And this is actually going to be better for you that the Holy Spirit is here than for me to be here. Because for so many years, I I just thought, gosh, it would be so much easier to be one of the disciples you know, having Jesus by my side 24 hours a day. I mean, that'd be so easy, right? I mean, how can you screw up when the Son of God is walking with you? You know? And, you know, bad thought comes to your head and he's next to you going, I know what you're thinking. You know, and it's like, ah, oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. You know, and, and just everywhere. How hard would it be to witness this is Jesus? You know, I mean, it just would be so stinking easy being a disciple because you've got Jesus right there and he can testify about himself. He can do a miracle, you know, whatever. And he's keeping me pure and I'd feel so safe, so secure if I could see Jesus right there side by. If I could have him on the stage right now, feel so secure, like you guys better listen, you know. And and then for him to say, "Okay, this is even better than that. Do you believe that? Do you believe that what you have right now inside of you is better than what the disciples had with Jesus walking by their side and it's to our advantage? Because he says in the next verse, he says in verse 8, he goes, you see, when he comes, he'll convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. See, he says when he comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to convict the world. See, don't you feel a lot of times like you need to convict people? Don't you look at some of your friends and you open up the word of God and you try to convict them? And you just feel like, I'm never going to get through to this person. They're never going to get it. And the Bible's saying, man, you're, you're trusting in yourself. It's not your job to convict The Holy Spirit, when he comes, he's going to convict. Man, it's just such a comfort because we live in a world where it appears as though no one is convicted about anything. And they're just living however they want to. And I'm never going to get them to to, to feel convicted about their sin. And the Bible says, no, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will. He will. He will convict the world of their sin. See, I don't have to walk up here and go, okay, I got to try to convict the people this week. You're going to be convicted. 
Some of you will lie and pretend, you know, you'll pursue things that aren't of God. You'll pursue your sin and go, oh, I feel perfectly fine about this, but you're lying. You're convicted. There are things in your life you try to justify, but you can't. You're convicted. There are people who say, oh, I don't fear death. I'll just see God when I see him and everything's cool. No, you don't really believe that. You know there's a fear of death. There's a fear of coming before God and a fear of judgment. You say, oh, no, I feel good. I feel like I'm a good person. No, not when you're alone. Maybe all your friends tell you you're a good person, but then you look at your life and you know what you've done. And you're convicted. Because the Holy Spirit does that to you. And so I don't have to go around trying to play Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's down here. And he's convicting the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. So I don't have to feel alone. And you don't have to feel alone as you're trying to tell people about Jesus. The Holy Spirit says he'll testify for you. He'll testify about Jesus. Verse 12, he'll guide you into all truth. When the Holy Spirit comes, he'll guide you into all truth. Verse 14, he'll bring glory to me. Isn't that cool? The Holy Spirit will bring glory to Jesus. See, I, sometimes I just think, okay, I've got to bring glory to God. I've got to bring glory to God. The Holy Spirit will do it. He'll do it. He'll do it through me. He'll guide me into all truth. Sometimes I feel so inadequate to pastor, or to, to teach. Because, man, some of the people I run with are so stinking smart, you know? And, and sometimes they get in these theological conversations over lunch, and I'm just sitting there going, oh, yeah, huh? Uh-huh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> Did you guys watch 24 last week? You know, it, it's just like, what an idiot. Like, I, I just go, man, I can't do this. I don't even know what you guys are talking about, you know? And, and I can look at my own faults and just go, gosh, I am never going to have any impact. And the Bible says, you know what? It's not about you. The Holy Spirit, he'll guide you into all truth. It's not about who's the smartest person on this earth, who knows the most. You know, it's, it's about this Holy Spirit that's going to come and just change our lives completely. You guys, I want us to pray just for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in this church. And I don't even know what that looks like completely. And I know what some of you are thinking right now as I say this. Some of you, like me, you grew up in conservative churches. Just great. And you've got a conservative theology. I do too. And when people talk about the Holy Spirit too much, it makes you a little nervous. Some of you are smiling because you know what I'm talking about. And you go, man, I don't, are we going to turn into one of those freaky churches? <laughs> are you going to have people come forward? Are you going to lay their hands on them and they go, you know, are you going to do that stuff and start barking like a dog or whatever else? And you're just going, oh man, I hope he doesn't go there. I hope he doesn't go there. I never know where that guy's going to go. And I just hope he does not go there. Okay, I'm not going to go there. But let's be totally honest here. When you read the book, when you read this book and you read about what the Holy Spirit does, and I'm talking to those of us who grew up in pretty conservative churches, When you read these passages about the Holy Spirit, 
doesn't your own spirit go, I know there's more. I know there's more than what I've experienced. And I know it's not all about feeling and all about experience and everything else. And yet there's something more. And I want the supernatural. I mean, if if the spirit of God is in me and it's better than having Jesus, man, there sure was a lot going on when Jesus was there. And there's got to be more going on in this body, in this life through me. If I can really have that type of power to put to death sin. And I'm not going to try to muster up miracles just to have miracles. But shouldn't there be a lot more supernatural going on in my life. If the Holy Spirit of God really does live in here. Man, don't you feel that sometimes? Don't just in your spirit just cry out like, I know there's something more and I got to have it. That's all I'm talking about. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know. Just like that early church, they didn't know what was going to happen. Do you think they knew that suddenly these tongues of fire were going to come on them and they're going to start speaking in different languages or whatever else? We can't plan out for what the Holy Spirit's going to do. He's like the wind. It just comes and goes. You don't know where he's coming, where he's going. Man, that, that there's, there's just, I don't know what he's going to do in my life. I just still believe, man, as much as I've experienced of God in my lifetime, I know there's more. When I read the Bible, I go, there's more. There's more he wants for me. This is not all he wants for my life. There's something more. I mean, isn't there, when I say that, isn't there something in your own spirit that goes, I know I feel the same thing about myself. This is not all God has for me on this earth. There's more. And it's all up to the power of the Holy Spirit. That's all it's about. And I want us to pray for that. Not totally understanding him. But just like those apostles in the upper room just said, God, I don't, I don't understand. You told me this spirit's going to come and have power. I don't know what's going to look like, but I want it. I want it in my life because I'm tired of living this way. I'm tired of this earth. I want to see your power. Why don't you spend some time right now just praying for that? Pray that for yourself. Pray that for the people sitting around you right now. Just pray for something you don't completely understand. But just more power in your life, more of the supernatural. Just pray for that right now. The worship team's going to come up and maybe you need some prayer. There will be people in the prayer room. But right now, just, just pray for yourself that the Holy Spirit would empower you and blow your mind.